This isn't just a review. We're going beyond that. With your hosts, Dallin and Kyler, we're here to share the moments, magic, and memories that make films so special. Many focus only on what there is to hate, but if you look a little deeper, there's so much more to love. We hope the time we've taken brings just a little bit more joy into the movies that you watch and the world around them. To be honest, drowning, but like not like it's just drowning in general. I don't mind the ocean. I don't mind stuff like that. It's just like that's the way I don't want to die. I guess you don't want to. You don't want to watch your life slowly slip from your eyes as you yeah. as you're under the water gasping for air. Well, that's what I always say is drowning because when I was a kid, I was like petrified of water, but I'm not so much anymore. It's just I'm like eh, not afraid of a lot of things. The, the the things that I am afraid of are a lot of existential. You know, like. <laughs> yeah, like Thulu. That's not very ex- existential, but it's, he's pretty existential. <laughs> he's he's so scary that you'll go mad just by looking at him. Yeah, I mean, fair. No, but like dark stuff, you know, like oh, all my family dying, that kind of stuff. Oh. You know, like, <laughs> see, here's the thing. Yeah. You say that very relevant to where I was about to go with this, um, because what I was going to say is that one of my greatest fears. Is the ocean. Yeah. I don't like that. That scares me. There's a lot of big fish in there. And they do things that seem to be like illegal for other animals. And I don't like it. Yeah. And they can stop. Like, here's another thing. I, I, the ocean kind of scares me. But the ocean's really, really big. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, I don't really have to worry about things in the ocean all that much. Most of it's empty. No. Every, every part has a shark. If you watch a movie, it's like they fall in and there's a shark for some reason. There's a shark everywhere. <laughs> Every inch of the ocean has one shark. It's kind of like how they say the in your house, statistically, you are within five feet of a spider at all times. Mm. That it, That's how it is in the ocean, too. Well, I mean, there Except are sharks. hundreds of different types of sharks. Yes, that's so, true. Yeah. But rivers scare me a lot more than, than oceans do. Yes, you know, I, I will admit to that. Because like I said earlier, like, oceans don't really bother me that much. But, like, yeah. river rafting, I don't know why. Like, like I'm okay with, like, chill river rafting. But, like, uh, white water, you know, rapids rafting. I'm, like, I've heard so many horror stories about that. Yeah, I've done that a couple times. Yeah. It's kind of spooky. <laughs> so, yeah. Fun, but spooky. Right. But, like... I, when I was a kid, I watched all those dumb History Channel shows where, like, trying to find Bigfoot and, like, trying to find these monsters and, like, chupacabras and Mothman and whatever. And, <laughs> Mothman's um, terrifying. Yeah, Mothman's pretty scary. But the one that got me the worst was not any ones that were like, ooh, we're going to find these weird, creepy demon wolves. Loch no. Ness Monster? No, it was, uh, it was River Monsters with Jeremy Wade. Oh. Because he yeah. caught real freaking River Monsters, man. Was that, I think it was River Monsters that they caught this catfish that, like, had, like, tusks. Like, like. like there, he can't, he yeah. routinely caught catfish that were, like, the size of people. Well, and, like, the ones that I remember, they had, like, these tusks that had hole they had holes in their heads so their their tusks could go through their, their head. Like, it was sounds, weird. Sounds like you're describing wild pigs to me, which is <laughs> yeah. another thing. Don't even get me started. <laughs> but, like. 
uh, th- that show ended not because it's, it's, they stopped funding it. It ended because he caught everything. He caught all the fish. There weren't any more interesting fish for him to find in the whole world. He well, got them all. <laughs> well, there probably are, but at the deep bottom of the ocean. That's you true. Know, you like, can't really fish there. Yeah. <laughs> you need a really, really long string. Like a cuttlefish. <laughs> cuttlefish. She's scary. So, being afraid of the ocean yeah. and being afraid of our whole family dying, yeah. why are those two things relevant, Kyler? Because we are doing our first... Like, sequel. I mean, well, we've done a couple sequels that are, you know, like... I think, well, is this the first time we've done the first movie and then also the second movie? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because yeah, we've done a couple sequels, but we hadn't done, like, the other movies beforehand. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, this is our first, like, direct sequel. And what is that sequel, Dallin? Avatar The Way of Water. Yes, sir. We've been waiting a while to do this one. Um, I, I was just thinking back just a minute ago to when we did the first one, yeah. which the second episode, long time Third ago. episode. Oh, you're right. Yep. You're right. Because you always go before me. <laughs> I kind of forget that sometimes. <laughs> it's rude. Well. We should switch off. We have before. Should be e- it should be equal. We have before. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Third episode. Sorry. But I, I remember us talking in that episode about like how we might, we'll, we'll want to do the second one when it comes out someday. Yeah. And here we are, like, a year later. Because I think uh, at the time that we did the first one, uh, it was like, at the time we recorded, it was like two years away. And so we didn't yeah. know much about it. You know, we... I don't even think we knew it was called The Way of the Water yet. Or The Way of Water yet. Yeah. It's just... We we knew it was coming yeah. sometime in the future. And yeah. now it's here. It's here. We watched it here in the comfort of our own home. Which, you know, this is kind of a movie that is meant for the big screen. Oh, but absolutely. It's still beautiful. Yes. But, uh, yes, we are watching Avatar The Way of Water. It came out 2022. It is PG-13. It stars Sam Worthington, Zoe Zaldana, Sigourney Weaver, uh, Stephen Lang, Kate Winslet, and Cliff Curtis, and it's directed by James Cameron. I've never heard his name before. Yeah, he hasn't done anything cool. Yeah, not at all. No, he's, like he's just a nobody. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's so many movies out there that are really cool that he's had no part of, like Terminator, Titanic, you know, like uh, Avatar. Avatar. Yeah, this guy is a nobody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who haven't seen it, it is relatively new, so mm-hmm. it's possible. But it's also, you know, a really popular movie. Yeah, is it? What What is it on the on the like highest grossing chart now? I think it's like three or something like that. But it makes sense because mm-hmm. like Avatar one didn't retake the top spot till they re released it. Yeah. Anyway, if you haven't seen it because it's new, um, there's a very brief synopsis because it's like I said, it's a and new it's movie. also kind of. I don't know if infactual is the right word. It, but like, it doesn't give a ton of information yeah. about the movie, but it's okay. Uh, Jake Sully lives with his newfound family formed on the extrasolar moon Pandora. Once a familiar threat returns to finish what was previously started, Jake must work with Natiri and the army of the Navi to uh, race to protect their home. Yeah, it doesn't mention anything about, like, because, I, I mean, I guess that's not infactual, but it just doesn't say a lot of the details. Like, it's not the same It should Navi probably he, yeah. mention something along lines of, like, after a newfound threat returns, they must they get kicked escape out. Yeah, to save or protect their family. Yeah, and then meet up with a new clan of Navi. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot that happens. Right. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, it is a three hour and ten minute long movie. So. And it was what'd you say the original cut was like, like nine hours? Yeah, that's that's insane. Yeah, <laughs> I'd watch it. 
But uh, also, uh, we, we uh, forget to do this a lot, but I think we definitely need to do it for this one. Spoiler alert. Yes. Very big spoiler alert. If you haven't seen this movie, definitely go watch it Because I know there are a lot of people out there who like to wait until things come home. You know, like whether you have kids or whatnot, it's, sometimes it's hard to get out to the theaters. You know, like that's... Which, this is now out on streaming. Well, yep. I don't know if streaming services yet. No, it's only out uh, like to buy. It can on, be like, purchased. Yeah, you, but can, you can rent it or buy it. It's not like on Disney Plus or anything yet, yeah. like the first one is. Yep. But yeah, so spoiler warning, we'll be going into a lot of things. We'll be going into everything, in fact. <laughs> Every si- be Prepare to be here for the next nine hours, because that's how long it's going to take us to, di- to dissect this movie. <laughs> no, but this was an interesting... I remember uh, us seeing it for the first time. We went with a, uh, a group of friends, you know, and we... Uh, we saw it at a theater. We saw it in 3D, as I think we, you know, the first movie. Well, yeah, we, we, I, I was like, this, I've been waiting for this movie for years. It's the sequel to one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, we're going and we're doing it big. We're like going opening night, <laughs> IMAX theater, all the, pull out of like all the stops. We're doing yeah. it. And so it, it was pretty, pretty cool. I think the last time I watched a movie in a theater like that was uh, Infinity War. Yeah, I don't even know if I watched Endgame in like IMAX. Did you? You saw the first Avatar in IMAX when they re-released it last last. That's year. true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was technically IMAX. I think it was, but I'm not 100 percent certain. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was like I'm not a big 3D fan. Like uh, I, I think it's kind of a big gimmick. But well, it was. Yeah, most of the time. <laughs> but this was kind of that movie where I was like, yeah, you kind of have to at least see it. 3D once, you know? <laughs> well, see, here's the thing, is Avatar 1 was, like, the movie that launched the 3D craze. Well, it launched the new 3D craze, because, you know, yeah. you had the old red and blue glasses, and, mm-hmm. you know, that... It was, like, the, the updated, fancy 3D. Yeah, you know, 3D. The, the Spy Kids, where you would have the obvious, where they would go, whoa, and reach out, and, you know, Yeah, <laughs> it was, that was the gimmicky stuff. But then Avatar, the first one was just, it was designed that way, like, they made it yeah. with that in mind. And then a bunch of movies afterwards were like, oh, we got to make everything 3D. Like, let's and, do it. Cause... And, like, it is better 3D than, like, you know, the red and blue one, obviously. But uh, it's still, like, there were some movies that came out after that utilized it that were still, like, a little bit of that, like I said, Spy Kids, where they were like, whoa. And, like, I was like, oh, that was obviously filmed for the 3D. Like, yeah. the, the one movie that's come to my head that I think is fairly new, like, when it came out around that 3D craze, like mm-hmm. you were saying, is Oz the Great and the Powerful. I don't know if you ever saw It's been a long time since I've seen that one. Yeah, that one was very, like, I watched it, I think I watched it in 3D at least once, but, like, uh, and then I watched it a couple times after. But uh, when I watched that, I was like, this movie was made just as to kind of, like, for 3D and not in, like, a good way, you know? Yeah. Like, like, there's, (laughs) there's a scene where he's in, like, a hot air balloon floating down the river, and it's, like, he's just, like, grabbing things and, like, flying out, and, like, doing... I was like, okay, yeah, that's just meant to be, like, whoa, 3D. Look at that. We can make it come out of the screen. Whoa. You want it, you want it to look like James Franco is going to fall on top of your face? Here you go. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy, because, I mean, that's kind of how I still feel about 3D. I haven't seen a 3D movie in theaters in a long yeah. time. Besides, like, this is the first one I saw... In a while, just because I just don't choose to see movies in 3D, just it's not my particular. It doesn't thing. really add very much yeah. most of the time. Yeah, that's kind of how I think. In but, fact, sometimes it's even like distracting. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's how I feel about a lot of gimmicky. Like lately, movie theaters have been trying to do more gimmicky things. You know, like uh, some theaters have those D box seats. 
Yeah. That uh, they move and stuff. And there were a few movies that I've seen in D box that I'm like, oh, that's that's all that's pretty cool. But then there, there are some movies where either they don't move like that much at all. I'm like, why is this in D box? Or they move too much. Where you're like, oh gosh, okay. Yeah. And then there's I haven't seen a movie in it yet, but at the Regal Theater, which there's only one in Utah, I think, and it's right here. Me and Jess go to it all the time. Mm-hmm. It has I think it's Screen X or something like that or RPX. I can't remember exactly what it is. RPX. But it's it's got your main screen and then there's a screen on both sides like both like the right and left side so huh. it's kind of a like it, surround yeah it surrounds you a little it's bit like a curved monitor yeah and i'm like i want to check it out but i think it's going to be weird like there were there have been a few times where me and jess have went to go see a movie and we've had the chance and i've been like should i try it and then i'm like but it's been with like movies like ant-man shazam things like that where i'm like i don't really want to uh, see it uh, for the first time in a movie that I'm really excited for, you know, like yeah. and that feels it's just... like something where they have to make it that way. Yeah, it's... because it's like if you're gonna add a bunch of extra stuff on the side, like that could help immerse you, maybe. But at the same time, it's like you, that stuff has to be there in the first place, right? You can't just like generate it with AI. I mean, maybe we can, right? AI is getting pretty crazy, but like we generated this whole episode with AI. Turns out, <laughs> meet more. I don't know what that Hi, was. my name's Chad GPT. <laughs> <laughs> but I, the, the main point I'm getting at is I don't really like doing a lot of the gimmicky stuff, but it's kind of interesting about Avatar The Way of Water is it just, I felt more immersed, I think. Like, it, it just, it it was subtle to the point where there was none of that, like, Spy Kids stuff, yeah, you know? It there, was just enough yeah. to make you feel like, it was like it, it added. It, yeah. It did it did like pull you into the movie. It did pull that immersion. It felt more like uh instead of just watching it on screen, you were looking through a window type of thing. You know what like mm-hmm. like that's that's kinda how I felt about it. And I was like, I think James Cameron knows, you know, that like how to utilize it better than most people because and then there's also the the point of like there are some movies that weren't made with 3d in mind at all that they put in 3d and so you can kind of tell you're like it's kind of janky yeah, yeah you're like it doesn't really work but yeah it's just it, it added to that other level of like with the, like you said the imax the 3d the just the sound all of it was just kind of mind-blowing at the first viewing yeah well i i think i may have talked about this on the podcast before and if i didn't i know i talked to you about it kyler but um, I went and saw the re-release of the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was around like October or something of, of last year with my dad. Um, and when I went in to see the see it in the theater, we did we we did sit down and it was like 3D and all that. And I was like, ah, I feel like it's not going to be that different. Like I want to yeah. go see it because it's cool. Yeah. And like this is my one of my favorite movies, so I wanted to go support it and it'd be yeah. fun. Um, and I thought it was like, ah, oh, it's just gonna be the same movie I've seen like like twenty times. It'll be fine. Yeah. And then I, I got in there and I was like, no. This this being in a theater, like the full theater, mm-hmm. it adds. There was yeah. a bunch of different things I noticed that like I didn't ever see in in the normal T V screen. Mm-hmm. Like there's a point, I think it's when they first Yeah, it's when they're walking into the, the bio lab or the the link room. Specifically, yeah, um, and Norm is like geeking out about Grace, <laughs> and it behind him. Um, oh, I just forgot his name. Their other friend, who the doctor, yeah, yeah, I, I forget his name. Yeah, oh, it's gonna bother me. It's okay. 
he's in the background and he kind of like looks over at Norm. He's like, what are you talking about? Like, because he knows Grace and he yeah. knows he's kind of rude and like yeah. abrasive. And so he's like just geeking out about her. And, and then he's just the background like, oh, I don't know. Like, you're you're going to be upset when you meet her. <laughs> yeah. Of course, Norm isn't. I remember, uh, I remember you, after you saw that, uh, I, you came over and you told me, you were like, oh yeah, I, I saw this with my dad. I was like, oh, how was it? You know, any any different you know and you're like yeah it actually was awesome it was weird i never i didn't get the chance to see the re-release in theater unfortunately but my dad saw and both you and my dad were both like whoa and i think my dad was in the same boat where he's like "Ah, it's cool i love avatar so i'm gonna go see it in theaters Mm -hmm. and uh and he even had the same experience where he was like whoa it is different in theaters and i feel like i feel that way with a lot of movies like i love being able to watch them at home and i think you can get a great experience watching them at home Uh uh-huh but like, there's just something different about theaters because I remember in 2020, like uh, when things started opening up a little bit more, movie theaters still like there were a lot of there weren't a lot of new movies because mm-hmm. movies had been delayed and things like that, and so movie theaters wanted to still have business, so they were just playing a lot of old movies in theaters. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this at all. I wasn't here. Oh yeah, you were in that, Canada. So. Yeah. Yeah, I was in Canada where it was so much more locked down. Yeah. Like we couldn't leave our house pretty much. <laughs> Like, I just remember there were, like, theaters opening up, and they, they wanted business, obviously, you know, and so they were like, we'll, we'll put all these older movies out, and so I saw I saw a few of them in theater. I, I think me and my dad saw Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm-hmm. uh, we saw Empire Strikes Back, and then me and Mikey saw Batman Begins. I think I may have seen it in a couple others, too. But it was just, it was crazy to see those movies. Like, I, like I went into them being like, oh, it's its cool to, you know, support the theaters and go back. And, like, I'm like, but it's going to be kind of like watching at home. But I was like, no, it's like, it's not. It, it's so cool to just sit there and just the, the sound, the, the immersiveness of it just being black and you just seeing the screen, you know, just. There's something kind of magical about the theater experience, I think. Yeah, I I told we we just recently as like a whole friend group went and watched uh, the new Dungeons and Dragons movie. Which yeah, we might talk about it sometime soon. I would love to do that. Yeah, it was a, it was a good um, film. And we went with Skylar and Megan. I mean, we've talked about them a bunch of times, mm-hmm. but uh, Skylar in particular doesn't really like going to the theaters very yeah. often. And I kind of get it because he's like, oh, there's a lot of people there. It's really expensive. And I was like, you know that that makes sense. Yeah, but like I really enjoy being in the theater. And Me like too. one of my favorite experiences that I can remember is when Mikey was still working for his theater and rented out a whole theater for us to watch Kong versus God, or Godzilla versus Kong. Oh yeah, that was that was that was cool. Oh, it was so fun. That was a <laughs> We lot were of sitting fun. there like cheering the whole time cuz yeah. <laughs> uh, like we were talking about stuff during the whole movie because we we're just getting excited. We we're all just like giddy in our seats. Yeah, and we were having like we were able to just freak out. And like you can do that in regular theaters too, yeah, but it's like, a little bit less socially acceptable then, but <laughs> but <laughs> uh, unless it's, you know, uh like like that's what I love about uh like they're kind of uh going away from the whole like big midnight release type of thing mm-hmm. you know like they don't really do that anymore even with big movies yeah it comes out at like it, seven o'clock the day before well and, and like back in the day there was like one or maybe two showings you know mm-hmm. if it was a big movie maybe like three or four but anyway it was like around 11 o'clock midnight you know stuff like that and just having that experience was always really cool like especially with like the star wars movies yeah you'd always go there and you'd be with people who'd 
are all excited about Star Wars and you'd all freak out, you know, when Ray caught the lightsaber in Force Awakens. Everyone cheered. Everyone, the whole theater erupted. You get so many things. Like in Last Jedi, there's a moment where uh, Leia uh, is talking to Poe and like, no, Poe, you can't do that. Poe turns off the the comm link and, and the whole theater went, ooh. You know, like, yeah. just like, it, you get cool moments like that. I mean, and, I can remember at least one moment, which we'll talk about when we get to yeah. it, that it, something happened in Avatar 2. Yeah. And it, while we were in the theater, everybody was like, yeah, yeah. woo. <laughs> and there's yeah. a couple times where people are like, "Oh no, what's gonna happen?" And you yeah. can hear people like like gasping in the audience. Like I, I feel much more comfortable being able to do it. Like when a movie just came out, like if I if a movie has been out for a few weeks or something, and like you, you don't really hear anybody going like "Woo yeah, woo yeah." <laughs> it's just one guy in the corner like "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I also know a lot of people have opinions on like clapping at the end of a movie. You know, uh, I. I like it, like, especially, like I said, when a movie has just come out, like, if you see it opening day or mm-hmm. opening night or whatever, and, like, especially if it's a really cool, awesome movie. Like, we saw Endgame together, Avengers Endgame, and mm-hmm. everyone cheered for that. Yeah. And that was a cool experience. No one cheered at the end of Infinity War, though. No. No, yeah. I think that's the most silent I've ever heard a theater, actually. <laughs> the, that movie just ended and everybody was like, oh, no. <laughs> and so it's just, it's really fun to get that theater experience. Yeah, and it, this was definitely one that benefited. It was from that. pretty special. I like. I I stand by James Cameron when he's like, "This is a movie you need to go th- see in yeah. theaters," and I'm like, "Yeah, you kind of do." Yeah, if you I, ever get the chance to watch this? In I, the, I always kind of. I don't know if scoffs the right word, but I think it's funny when there are some uh, filmmakers out there who are like, uh, I, "I cringe at the thought of people watching my movie on their phone." And I, I think with most, I just kind of laugh. I'm like, okay, you know, some people don't have TVs or whatever, but. This movie kind of wouldn't hit the same on a phone, I don't think. <laughs> and also, well, there's some people who kind of scoff at James Cameron for being the way he is. Yeah, and to be fair, he's an interesting character. Yeah, but... He, he. But but at the same time, like I'm over here looking at him, like, yeah, but has he been wrong yet? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't <Yeah>. know. <laughs> but I mean, let's get into it. Let's get into some of the meats. Yes, let's do it. Um, Sky people are back. Oh, yep. I mean, I, I I knew that that wasn't, like, it wasn't going to be, like, just a Navi versus Navi type of thing. Yeah, well, of course, yeah. of course, but... I mean, with just the uh, the topic of the first movie about, you know, like, the cu- coming in and taking over and being intrusive and stupid and, you know, not really caring about anything else, you know, like, yeah. it had to go into the next film as well. I, but it came in an interesting way, especially when, like, I remember before the movie came out, James Cameron said that... Quaritch, like before we even saw any trailers or anything like that, mm. James Cameron was like, "Yeah, Quaritch is gonna be back," and I'm like, "What? How? <laughs> Quaritch is gonna be back. Grace is gonna be back. Yeah, like, everybody's gonna be back." And we were just like, "I don't know." Yeah, yeah, Sigourney Weaver was cast, and I was like, "How's she back?" You know, and with Sigourney Weaver, she's playing a different character, which is part of the time. Yeah, part of the, most of the time, you only see Grace like a couple times. That's true. You see, you see Grace in a couple of like video clips. Yeah, and then also in uh, like, some flashbacks, sort of. Well, sort of and flashbacks. and like Kitty's uh, vision, you know. Yeah, that's that's what yeah, I was kind of talking yeah. about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Kitty, one of Jake and Natiri's daughters, yeah, is played by uh, Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, and, which is kind of interesting. Like, it, there was a few moments where I, I had to be like, "That's Sigourney Weaver playing like a, a fourteen, like a fourteen-year-old." It's yeah. 
it's kind of it's not what I expected. Like yeah. it was never it was never bad. No, but it was just like it, I I had to kind of like catch myself every once in a while because I'm like that's it's kind of just kind of weird because I keep hearing her voice, yeah. which I expect to be in. In, an like, adult an adult woman, woman yeah. and it's coming out of this teenager, and I'm just like... What? And to be fair, she does a great job at yeah. encapsulating that character and that, like, youthfulness. Like, she plays, like, the angstiness and yeah. all that stuff I, really well. I, I mean, this is just a little thing, but I think I remember seeing an interview with um, Sigourney Weaver and Sam Worthington. Mm-hmm. Where they were talking about the dynamic, where in the first movie it was kind of the other way, where she was kind of Grace the was figure. kind of yeah a motherly figure towards Jake, but in this one Jake is literally I mean as yeah, much as he can you, be you know literally like he's her adoptive father yeah. but as much of a father as much as her father is she like she's only he's the only father that she knows yeah. really so a parent really I mean she yeah. she sees the vegetative state of Grace but like Grace's avatar yeah but yeah so. She's he is her dad. I, yeah. I keep switching those words up, <laughs> stumbling over my own tongue. <laughs> but yeah, so it's just interesting to see that like he got to play the different role, like that they flipped it around. Where and and I think especially with those two, there was a lot of like kind of tender moments where he yeah. kind of was just like trying to understand how she saw the world. Yeah, because like, she was she was an interesting better. kind of, you know, like it, it's implied that she has this interesting connection with Awa and the world and the yeah. planet. And um, it, it seems like a lot of people don't believe her or a lot of people just kind of brush it off. But like, yeah. and even Jake, like there were times that it seemed like he was like, I don't know if I quite believe this, but he was trying to understand where she was coming from. Yeah. Like that scene where they're sitting on the, the edge and dipping their feet in the water and where he just comes up and say, Hey, what's going on, baby girl? You know? And he just is just trying to understand her. Yeah. Because I mean, she had that seizure that kind of freaked everybody out too. That, yeah. And they don't know that she had this kind of crazy vision. Well, even if they did probably, um, like Norm was saying, it's a very big sign of epilepsy, mm-hmm. like uh, seizures and, uh, signs of divine intervention and stuff like that. And yeah. Um, and so like, they just think it's, Unfortunately, a medical problem. It can be problem explained she, yeah. with, with like a medical thing, and yeah, and I, I mean that's that's something with the first movie, and it carries over to this one where it's like it's not just yeah. science, it's not just medicine. Like there's something else going on here. Mm-hmm. Well, especially since like Grace's avatar body was just like became pregnant, and they're kind of like what? <laughs> yeah, for full context, like that's where Kitty came from. Yeah. Grace's avatar just happened to be pregnant and they're like uh how did this happen what's going on and then uh jake and natiri just adopted her because treated her as her own and yeah like it's interesting this movie deals a lot with the next generation like Mm -hmm. it deals a lot with like star trek the next generation sorry (laughs) it deals a lot with like that how these kids deal with being in their parent shadow like spider which is interesting we talk about uh, kitty uh, Kitty and Spider have a very uh, close uh, connection together. Yeah. And it's interesting because they come from two opposite sides. Like, Spider is a human who comes from Quaritch. Quaritch's son. Yeah. yeah. Who, he was just a baby in the events of the first movie, I think is what We never said. even saw him in the yeah. first movie. Yeah. There, there's a couple of things that are, like, sort of retcons, but yeah. not necessarily. Not necessarily retcons, just it's... more of, like... Uh, you, you just, uh, you know, have you ever had those books where it looks like regular pages and then you open it up and there's like one big flap? You know, you're like, you think you know what's on that page and then you open up and it's a big... 
I mean, I've seen pop up books. Yeah, it, it, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. I had I this. I had any. this book as a kid. I think I still have it. But it's it, it's like the history of dragons or something. And mm-hmm. it like it, it was like it was this cool, you know, like uh, it, it was painted in the light of like a history book. Mm-hmm. But it would have stuff like that where I would uh, turn the page and it would look like two regular pages. And then you see that there's you little. Flip them open. You can flip them open and more stuff. Yeah, more stuff. You know, and so that's. Yeah. That's kind of what it felt like with this, is where you saw what you needed to see in the first one, and then you see uh, the the stuff here yeah. that adds to that and adds to the conflict of this story. Just yeah. just as you see some stuff like with Quaritch coming back, you see that in the events of the first movie, like right before they went to uh, to battle, the like final battle, Quaritch and Wayne Fleet and the other Marines, they all pretty much all of the main yeah. like Marine bad guys. Yeah, they all, all their downloaded their consciousness is pretty much into uh, uh to get sent back to earth and they made these avatar bodies mm-hmm. and uh that's how quartz comes back which was it was an interesting take on it i thought yeah you, know? you could have had it something stupid like quartz like i am I'm, i came back and they healed me pretty good and they then found you know, my body and and revived me you know something stupid like like uh, they injected me with Navi blood or something. You know, and like I grew up to be a big tall blue man, <laughs> or not even that. Like he's still a human, but he's he like, just it, turns blue. <laughs> not even that. Like like it could have been something stupid where they were just like we injected him with Navi blood and he healed. You know, like yeah. <laughs> there are, are movies that could have taken that route just to bring him back. You know, and right. I think there is part of it where they're like he is such a captivating villain that we wanted to bring him back and we needed to find a way to do so. But I think this really adds to that because you mentioned at one point while we were watching that this is a different Quaritch. He's yeah, he is similar. Well, he is very similar, but he he has different experiences. Obviously, mm-hmm. he is being told by a video pretty much, and the implanted memories that he has, what happened, and all this stuff, and just the stuff with him and Spider as well as he's. He sees his son, who he only knew as a baby, as this, like, teenager, you know, like... Yeah. Well, he sees his... Uh, Quaritch's son. Yeah, Quaritch's son, yeah. He's technically not the same person. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I think Quaritch has actually done really well in this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed him in the first one. He's a very compelling villain. Yeah. And I understand why they brought him back, because he's still a very compelling villain, and I arguably more so. Mm-hmm. And so, like... Like earlier when I say retcon, I, it's not a retcon because it's not like undoing anything that was done and it's changing just it. adding to it. It is. It's just like it's telling us more that we never saw. They're just adding in a couple of extra things mm-hmm. because we didn't need that in the first movie. Yeah, it, it wasn't necessary for the telling of the first story. It's like when you like if someone were they never had pizza before and you're like, oh, what what should I give them? Probably like a cheese or a pepperoni just to start them off, right? And then yeah. when, and when then when they're like, oh man, I really really like pizza, and I'm like, well, there's a whole bigger buffet of pizza. Do you want to try Supreme or uh, bacon and uh, Canadian bacon and pineapple or you know things like? <laughs> I was just trying to think of some weird pizza flavor. Anchovies, you know, like. Mac and cheese pizza. Yeah. Um, dessert pizza. Actually, dessert pizza is pretty good. Yeah. But, like, it, it's like you start with this, you know, ba- the, not basic story, but you start with the, the stuff you need to know, and then as it goes on, it mm-hmm. opens up and tells you more, and you're like, oh, that's really cool. I'm actually glad that the first movie doesn't, like, quote-unquote sequel bait yeah. at all. Like, if it had that scene where they were downloading all their memories, and if it had the scene where... 
uh, it was added in the re-release where mm-hmm. um, Selfridge comes up to uh, Jake on the way out as, as all the humans are getting kicked off yeah. of Pandora. He says, this isn't over. If that was in the original cut of yeah. the first movie, then people might have been like, eh, I don't know. And I mean, even that's not too heavy-handed. Correct. That, like, that's, not, yeah. that's not that bad. And now that we have the second movie, it's totally fine. But yeah. like, there are people out there who would complain that's like, oh, you're just adding this in for sequel bait so that we, we want to have another one. Well, and we know there are going to be three more of these. And, and yeah. So like, <laughs> but like, I even feel like this movie didn't uh, really do that either. Like, it, I mean, there's the loose end. I mean, we're going to jump right to it, but Quarch doesn't actually end up dying in the end. He's yeah. still alive. Yeah. So he's still around trying to get Jake. And, and there's still, and he, he even told Jake that he's going to keep looking for him, keep finding it, you know, like yeah. all this stuff. And, you know, the sky people are back, you know, we're, like the, you didn't really resolve that. They're not just back. Like, yeah. They, they're taking over a city. Yeah. They're, they're on their way. They're trying to construct a new civilization for humans on Pandora. Yeah, so you have these, like you said, loose ends, open ends, uh, but like it, it still didn't seem like... It didn't end on really a cliffhanger or anything, per se. Yeah, there wasn't like that final shot of Quaritch like, looking out the window like, I'm gonna get him. You didn't get like a... a... Uh, classic, like, you know, like, in the movie, Spider saves him and stuff, but it could have been something like where you think Quartz is dead and at the very end, you see, like, a hand come up. You know? <laughs> Blue hand, and then yeah. you see his eyes, like, Ugh. <laughs> Just snarls. Yeah, you, you didn't really get any of that. It ended in a pretty good, like, spot. Yeah. And so I, I think, you know, even with knowing that there are m- multiple movies, it stands on his own pretty well. Yeah. So... This movie is really interesting for me because obviously I really like the first one. Mm-hmm. I also really like this one, um, but there it, the the structure of this movie is is kind of fascinating for me because, like we said, it's three hours long, mm-hmm. and to me, it feels like about the first hour or so. I'm not a hundred percent sure on like where it is, yeah. But there's a specific point in the movie where everything before that, to me feels like a, a sort of prequel to the sequel. Yeah. Like it's it's like the the setting up for the sequel that is kind of like it, it's sort of like trying to be part of both movies at the same time. Mm-hmm. And like it's not it's not bad. No. It just the the reason why I bring this up is because up until the end of that part of the movie I was like, this is neat. Like, look at all this cool stuff they're setting up. And, like, look at all this cool CGI. And, like, look at how pretty this movie is. And all that kind of stuff. And then the scene happens when they are at the Metkaina tribe, their their village. Yeah. And they're, they for, go for their first swim underwater. And they see all of the fish and everything. And as after that scene, I'm just in the movie. Yeah. Like, I, I've just become a part of the movie. And it happened all three times that I've watched it, where, like, I stopped taking notes for a little while when that happened, and, like, I stopped thinking about the fact that it was a movie after that scene. And so, it's just, it's really interesting, because there's, like, the the first third about-ish, I'm not sure, it could be, like, the first 45 minutes or so, but um, it's just, like... It's like throwing stuff at you. And not necessarily in a bad way, but it's just like you have to know all of these things that are happening. Yeah. Like you have to be introduced to Nateom and Loak and Kiri and Took and Spider and all the kids. And it's like this is all the things that's happening with the tribe. And like here's the new city that's being built. And oh, and by the way, look at these huge, horrible, terrifying spaceships yeah. descending from the sky. They decimate the forest, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's a little scene that... Um, 
I noticed in the theater that it's something that doesn't come over at all at home. But in that scene when he's like, oh, the, the, a new star in the sky, like mm. the sky people are back, you can see in the reflection of his eye in the theater the, the star, yeah. which is the jets of the, the ships. And you can see it at home, but it's just not as it's, striking. It just looks yeah. like a, a regular reflection in his eye. Mm. But like in the theater, I remember looking at that and I was like, uh-oh. Yeah. Like before he said a new star in the sky, I saw it in his eyeball and I was like, that's a problem. Yeah. I know what that means. And, okay, I feel like this is something that people haven't really noticed or talked about at all. But those ships are probably the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. <laughs> the, the fact that I didn't know they could land. Yeah. I, I mean, technically, I don't think they can. But the fact that they can descend into atmosphere yeah. and pretty much drop things off and just how destructive mm-hmm. the engines were... They pretty much leveled an entire forest with yeah. one ship. <laughs> yeah, it, like it's nuts. like far and above any of the level of destruction we saw in the first movie. Like the whole scene where they're destroying Home Tree, that's devastating. Yeah, we just watched that like a hundred times over in like three minutes into this movie, and, and it kind of gets brushed over. But because it, it, it's, yeah, it's just like it's just showing like oh, sky people ba- are back and. Uh, a bigger threat than ever type of thing, you know. But I, at the same time, I think it kind of works mm-hmm. that it's so fast because it's like there is nothing you can do. Yeah, you, this is like this puts into perspective everything that like Jake and, and everyone was trying to say to the the Omatakaya people in the first movie. It's like you can't beat them. Mm-hmm. You cannot fight them and win because they have spaceships. Mm-hmm. Like. This is insane how much better their technology is. I told you, I was like, the bad guys always get the cooler toys, you know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is like kind of not not quite like Death Star levels yeah. of stuff, but it's, it has a similar feeling mm-hmm. where it's just like, planet's gone. Yeah. Boom. We're Billions back. Yeah. dead all, this, all, all at once. There was nothing you could do about it. Mm-hmm. It's just over. Like... It's so scary. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, and it's like this huge wall of flame. It's just like flattening everything and like incinerating all of the animals in an instant. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and then right after that, you see like 50 of the little armor suits, the amp suits just unload. And then all these bulldozers come out and they just like, no hesitation, all the humans just start like p- destroying everything that's left over. They start building their city. And they start yeah. putting their city right there, and it's just like it's crazy. Yep. But it it very effectively shows us why the humans are the bad guys in mm-hmm. this movie because they do not care about anything other than whatever it is that they want out of this place, whatever yeah. resource they are trying to get, whether it's the unobtainium from the first movie or the. I forget what it's actually called. Yeah, it's it's like the the, the brain li- juice, the brain juice from the uh, Tolkien. Yeah, there, there's an. I, it begins with an A, I think. I want to say it's not ammonia, but it's yeah. similar to that. It, it's it has a similar structure to yeah, that word. Uh-huh. It's like anamina or something like that. I yeah. don't remember exactly, but uh, it's and and so I've seen people kind of criticize that because we we see that scene later where they actually they kill a Tolkien. 
They explain why they're harvesting it and yeah. what it does. It stops human aging. It's super, super expensive. And even I joked when we were watching it today, I, I said, I was like, oh, look, another MacGuffin. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, that's kind of the point. Yeah. Is it is painfully simple for the humans. And they do not care yep. about anything that they're destroying in their At way. least these humans. Because like Jake said in his narration, he said there were some that stuck around yeah. after they let, you know, like mostly the, all. mostly the scientists and things uh, uh, like Norm and his other friend that we can't remember his name. <laughs> Max. Max, yep. Max. I had, I had um, the way that, now I can't remember her actor's name. Uh, the one who dies, the, the helicopter pilot in the first one. Oh, Michelle Rodriguez. Yes, I remember the way she said it. She's like, Max, yeah. get out of here. Like when they're trying to escape, yeah. that just popped in my mind. That, that <laughs> gave it to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's good humans. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, almost all of the ones that get sent here are not are good not. ones. Yeah. And I mean, that's very obviously the point of this well, movie. Well, the is... point is too, like one thing that hit me is uh, when they're on the boat with the guys who hunt the Tulkun is there's the scientist guy who you can tell he's not like cool with a lot of this stuff, but it bothers like, him. Yeah, it bothers him. But uh, like I can't remember exactly what the other guy said to him, but uh, the scientist said, "Yep, that's why I drink" or something like yeah. that. I was, and I was like, "Yeah." They were talking about the the, the brain. Dude. Yeah. And he's like, this is worth like 80 million. Yeah. This little vial right here. Mm-hmm. It's like maybe a few cups. Yeah. But, and, and the yeah. scientist is like, yep, that's why I drink. And I was like, yeah, you may feel bad about it, but being complicit is not any better, my dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, on the one hand, I'm glad that there are, is at least the semblance of a thought towards yeah. trying to preserve these animals. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, eh. Yeah. It feels bad. Like, it feels gross. Well, even at the end, like, uh, when, uh, the, uh, what is the Tukun, the Tukun's name? The, uh, Pyacon? Yeah, Pyacon, when he's, like, wrecking their ship and everything mm-hmm. with the cable and all that. Uh, even when he's doing that, uh, the scientist is like, who's got the harpoon now? And he's joking and stuff yeah. like that. And He dies just yeah. along with oh, everybody else. Oh, yeah, he else. dies along with everybody else. But And to be fair, he probably deserved it. But, yeah. like... <laughs> like you see that you know he's at least like you said has some semblance of like why this is wrong yeah. and stuff but man i really we're 40 minutes in on this already i feel like we haven't even scratched the surface of what i want to talk about yeah oh man there's this there's so much with this movie yeah there, there's a lot and like we're not going to be able to get to it all unfortunately unfortunately but, not yeah but, but um th- this movie is at its heart it's a movie about family family <laughs> watching the the preview for fast and furious x or whatever it's called fast x yeah fast x yep, and, i'm gonna be there day one yeah and everybody was <laughs> like this is ridiculous <laughs> um family <laughs> but yeah like you said this is unequivocally a movie about family like yeah. the whole relationships between um Jake and Natiri and their kids. And that's one thing, you know, one thing I've noticed watching it again. Mm-hmm. Natiri has a lot less to do in this movie than she does in the first her, one. Her role is played down quite a bit. She's still there. She does yeah. a lot of important things. Yeah, especially towards the end. She's much more of a side character than a main character. Yeah. You, you see a lot of, like, uh, Jake and his boys. Jake and, yes. like, and Jake and uh, Kitty. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. They have a pretty good relationship, like we mentioned. Because... But, Jake and his boys are interesting because, like, Jake treats them like you can tell Jake cares for them, and he's, uh, and he does what is best for them. But yeah. he treats them kind of like soldiers. 
because yeah, that's kind of I mean, what he grew up. That's where he calls him out for that. Yeah. He's like, this is a family, not a squad. Like, yeah. you've got to treat them like one. Mm-hmm. Because there's a number of times where Loak, the second son, uh, gets in trouble. Yeah. Because he's trying to live up to not only Jake, but Mateum is like the perfect son. He's doing everything right and, and you know, everything that Jake wants him to do and wants him to be. And Loak is just not quite there. And so Jake gets frustrated with him a lot. And also, to be fair, Loak does a bunch of really stupid things. Yeah, he does. Like, right at the beginning of the movie when they uh, they blow up a train line so they can steal a bunch of supplies. And Loak and, and uh, Nateum go down into the One wreckage. Was, it was Loak who was like, let's go! <laughs> and yeah. yeah, and he's like, oh, let's go find some guns. And then Jake sees them right before a gunship comes out and starts blowing people up. And it's just like... Yeah thought they were going to die and then later they go out to the old battle site where um the final battle in the first movie took place yeah that was kind of a uh, kind of a chilling moment when loak and spider were there uh together and he was like that's where your dad fought my dad you know like it was, and that's like, the first time where we we really get a confirmation of who spider's dad is yeah mm-hmm. i think they talk about it at least once maybe twice before that where they're like sometimes it's good to not remember who your dad is yeah and so we kind of have an idea we're like okay we know something about his dad but we don't know who his dad is necessarily and yeah. it wasn't until that moment where it's like okay yeah yeah and that's gorgeous yeah like you said a lot of these moments like these pits of danger that they get into are kind of because of loak <laughs> yes and i mean even like uh getting to the end where spoiler Nataeum dies yeah. That was kind of because Loak was like, let's go back and get Spider. And to be fair, Natam didn't say, like, no. Yeah. he. I think he agreed with him, like, yeah, let's go do it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it still was Loak. And, like, there was one point where I do think Jake was being unfair, but I think that was kind of the point, is when he's like, no, Dad, I want to come with you, like, right after Natam died. after Natam is Yeah, killed. it's after Natam's killed, and they're going, uh, he's going with Spider to go uh, uh, find the girls, because the girls are taken by yeah. Porridge. And he's like, Dad, I want to go with you. And Jake turns to him and says, no, you've done enough, and then leaves. And I, I was like, oof. <laughs> yeah, that that's definitely where I'd say Jake has gone too far. Yeah. And I think even some of the other times, I'd be like, Jake's being pretty hard on him. Yeah. And, like, and I mean that's part of the reason why Loak bonds with, uh, gosh, I keep Piacon. Piacon. Like, There's a lot of names. Yeah, is because they're, they're, they're both kind of they're both kind of loners. You know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, and they're both loners who are misunderstood. Is yeah. is the biggest point. And well, and that's why like one of the big emotional moments that really gut punch me yeah. is when the water is rising with Loak and Jake at the very end, and he's teaching Jake how to. Uh, use the way of water and like breathe and just uh, he's sa- he's reciting all the words and uh, and I, I think it I think it's at that moment right when uh, oh no no it's right uh, they 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 get saved they go through uh, uh, Pycon saves them and they're on Pycon's fin and Jake holds his son's uh, head and says I see you son mm-hmm. I see you son. Yeah, and I was actually, I was paying attention during that scene yeah. extra this time, mm-hmm. and that shot where he says, I see you, is from the perspective of um, Loak. Yeah. It's not just like from where he kind of would be, but like Jake is looking into the camera Yeah, at, in that moment, and I'm like, that's... That's important. Yeah, it's very. That's what. That's what it's, Loak it's has been looking fir- for this entire time. Yeah, I was gonna say it's the first time that 
Jake has seen his son. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it was moving. And there's a lot of moving moments. Like, I mean, it's kind of interesting to see, like, like I said, Natiri's role was uh, short, like brought down a little bit, but like mm-hmm. seeing how she's affected by like the Natayam's death and things like that. And how she kind of just goes berserk. <laughs> yeah. Um, and how well, like even from the very beginning, Jake's narrating and says that she doesn't really care for Spider. She's like she'll always see him as an alien. She's still. I, I think it's interesting because it's kind of taking her from the perspective of an outsider. Yeah. Because in this family unit, like she's the only like she's the full, only true full Navi. Yeah. And so everyone else is kind of. It feels like they're more on like Jake's. Oh look, half a half breed. Yeah, they all they all have five fingers and five toes. Like they are all half breeds, just like Jake is. She's the only one who's coming from being full Navi, and so in that way, she's kind of alone. Yeah, to some extent, they are all her children, and she cares for them very much, and she's also very much plays the motherly role. But like, we don't get to see those same moments where like Jake will comfort Kitty or or he'll talk to his sons like. Mm-hmm. She kind of just sort of responds to those kinds of things like in the moment. She doesn't yeah. get that like resolution afterwards, mm-hmm. which maybe I would have liked to see. Yeah. But also at the same time, it's like this is a really long movie and they had to make some difficult choices on what they're going to show. Yeah. And so. th- there are some really great scenes with Natiri. Like, I mean, the scenes like from the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie where she's singing the song for Natayam. Mm-hmm. She's singing the song at the beginning for his birth and then singing the song at the end for his death. Yeah, and so it's a very beautiful, moving song, and yeah, th- this is one of the th- this is one of those moments that reminds me why I like watching movies with Ali a lot, mm-hmm. um, because after we got out of the movie, um, Ali and I are both like very musically inclined. Yeah, um, I'd say she's more so than I am, but uh, she found the song and then learned the entire song, uh, the song chord On for. What? to sing it oh to sing it yeah she learned like the navi words and she like read the translation and like was telling me about what it meant i was like this is really cool that is cool i was like i i appreciate that you like that song so much that you like you did all this because now i have another deeper understanding for this song that i didn't really have before yeah and like it was still good and i enjoyed listening to it but like i think i may have actually put it in my favorites playlist after that because i was like this is a good song yeah and it it's I don't remember all the things that it talks about, but I know it talks about Nataom quite a bit, and then it switches to Kitty and kind of like talks about how they have like massive weight on their shoulders and like they're sort of like lost in the world and they don't yeah. know what to do or where to go and stuff like that. And, yeah, and it's it's a very it's a powerful song when you actually yeah. like understand what it's saying. Well, and even without it, it's powerful because like you you can hear things like Nateum and stuff, uh, but like yeah. it's just like you know what the context is like from Nateum's birth and then with his death and stuff like that, and just yeah. seeing her like seeing Jake and Natiri's different relationship even with each other than they had in the first movie, it, yeah, it, it, <laughs> it really adds to that like family dynamic. Well, yeah, and I noticed I think she does it. In the first movie, where she calls him my Jake, but I don't think she does it a lot. She does it a few times, yeah. yeah. But in this, I think every time she talks to him, she calls him my Jake. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like her, her sort of her like, pet name for him. Yeah, I guess. Because <laughs> it, it's not, I think it is sort of like my Jake. Yeah. 
but it's like majek. Yeah. It's sort of like one word. It's yeah. like M A J A K E, yeah. like majek. Like yeah. It's interesting, but yeah, it's it's sort of like her claiming him, I guess. Yeah. Like he is my man. <laughs> Well, <laughs> and I see that when they go to the Met Kane people originally, mm. and they 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 see Tanawari, and then uh, Ronal comes out, and and oh, then yeah. she's like, he was Toruk Maktao, and, and then you get that Jake's good, just like, oh yeah, you no. get that good shot of Jake just <laughs> cringing, where he's like, oh, <laughs> and, and then also you pan to Tanawari, who kind of he he's kind of shrugs, like, he's like, Ugh, yeah, he's kind of like, I don't, I don't think she's, gonna, I don't think she's gonna care about that, but I also really liked that. Uh, we talked a little bit about Quaritch, about how he's a different Quaritch. You know, the old Quaritch, pretty much his beef was with Jake, mostly. Yeah. But this Quaritch still had beef with Jake, obviously. But throughout a lot of the movie, he was, like, real upset with Natiri Because Natiri was the one that killed him. Yeah, I really liked the, the like, narrative beat of every time he saw Natiri's arrows. Mm-hmm. It, it starts with when he goes, they go to the... The fights, the yeah. the shack site where Quaritch died in the first yeah. movie, and he's like kind of playing with the arrow a little bit. The two of them mm-hmm. that are still embedded in his skeleton's chest, like yeah. Quaritch's body's still there. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then like later, he sees uh, the arrow after she kills one, and they're trying to get the kids back. Um, and then at the end, well, I he... think that first time he even says like that's her or something like that, right? Like yeah, yeah. So he's he's already got a target on her back, you know, like yeah, he 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 did not like her. Yeah, well, like just that that uh, when he's got the kids and he knows she's there and he's kind of talking to her when she's in the trees. He uh, uh, he he's like, I'm back, I'm, I'm gonna get you, you know. All this. I think she calls back. She's like, I'll kill you as many times as I have to, demon. Yeah, and I'm just like, Ooh. yeah. Well, yeah, she has some scary moments. Natiri is terrifying. Yeah. Like that moment where she's just going through the ship at the end, and you counted. She killed like thirteen, eleven people for sure. Yeah, possibly thirteen. Yeah, there's there's like, like two times that she like whacks somebody really hard, but it's not like oh yeah. I didn't shoot them through the chest with an arrow or stab them in the like the yeah. face. She kills eleven people. Like she systematically dismembers their entire crew, whatever's yeah. left of it. Like it's it's scary. Well, and that final guy, <laughs> she kind of like lets out this bestial roar and like spider sees it and he's like oh yeah no, the, this is kind of what i was going to talk about with like natiri almost feeling a little bit like an outsider uh spider is the thing that really like puts that into perspective because he is just a human mm-hmm. and so she can't really get over that because she knows all the horrible things that humans have done and with jake maybe it's a little easier because he's blue yeah and navi sized yeah. But Spider is just a man. Like, he's just a person. Or I guess he's, he's a teenager. But yeah. still, he's just a kid. It's it, She actually ends up using him to get uh, Kitty back from Korich at the end. Because they're all in, like, a, a chokehold with with the knives. Yeah, like, like, Mexican standoff. Don't move or I'll kill her. And then she's like, don't move or I'll kill him. And he's like, he, that's not my boy. We're not even the same species. And she's like... You sure about that, buddy? <laughs> well, yeah, just seeing Spider just like, uh, like, and we discussed this, and I'm like, if Quartz didn't move away, he, she would have killed, killed Spider. Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of crazy to think about, especially at the end when Jake says the, because, uh, um, Spider says a son for a son, or not Spider, Quartz, uh, Quartz says, says a son for a son, you know, like just saying that, um, and then at the end, Jake says that a son for a son, saying that like he's I think he's fully accepted Spider as his own. 
uh, and he hugs him and Loak. And yeah. it's kind of crazy to think about that. I don't think Natiri still feels that way. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, here's the other thing. It's so, like, we're thinking about it from Natiri's perspective. What yeah. about Spider's perspective? Yeah. She straight up almost killed him. Yeah. And was ready to kill him. He probably doesn't trust her anymore. Like, well, and I mean, we see him save Quaritch. He yeah. could have left Quaritch down there. And we see him save yeah. him. That Spider, like, I was unsure about Spider when I was seeing, like, the trailers and yeah. stuff and hearing some things about what was going to happen. Tarzan but honestly, I think Spider and Quaritch, their relationship is the most interesting thing about this movie. Yeah, and the parallels, too, that you get with, like, Spider and Quaritch's journey. Uh, like, when they go to the uh, uh, Ikran, yeah. the Ikran nest... Yeah. And you get that kind of dark parallel, like it, of Jake's first time getting an Ikron. Mm-hmm. and uh, well, it's almost like kind of wholesome, like well, it, yeah. in a way, because yeah. up until um, up until Korich and the gang, I'll, yeah. I'll just call them that, start uh, <laughs> forcefully like interrogating and attacking the other Metkayina people, the yeah. other tribes, like the other villages. Up until then, like he hasn't really done anything terrible. Yeah. And, like, Spider hasn't seen his true colors. Like, he knows to be worried about this guy, but, like, Quaritch has been nice to Spider. Yeah. He, he's been a supportive person. Like, he's helped... He got Spider out of the, the human city, like, their facility, where they were pretty much, like, torturing the, him. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say... And they got say, him out was... into the world, and he's they were, like, learning together, and, like, he, Spider I mean, was helping teach him w- Navi. W- when, he gets, when he gets the Ikran, uh, Spider kind of smiles with everybody else like yeah go for it you know yeah. like but I, like that scene's great no they, the scene's have the train gun out and he's like all right let's knock one out and i got this and spider's like kids smaller than me do this with their bare hands yeah. and court's like jake did it the hard way and he's like <laughs> what do you think and well and like, i just oh, love that first this was a theater moment i remember is uh when he walks up uh, and he just punches the ekron <laughs> 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 Yeah, just right in the face. I remember everyone's like, whoa. Because <laughs> yeah. that's not quite how Jake went about it. Quaritch <laughs> means business. Yeah. Yeah, and then he fell off and they had to do the like, oh no, he fell and died. But yeah. actually, no, he's fine. Yeah. And you get that like when they're riding on the Ikran and like you said, uh, Spider's teaching him uh, Navi and stuff like that. And like you said, it from the outside can look kind of wholesome. But then you see Quaritch's like, and I do think this Quaritch is different. Like, he is, yeah. Like, like we discussed, like, I mean, he does let Kitty go because uh, Natiri's going to kill Spider. Here, here's the interesting thing. I'm, I'm actually going to go as far as to say this Quaritch is less evil mm. than the first one. Yeah. Because the first Quaritch committed everything to destroying the Na'vi and destroying Jake as much as he could. Like, it took... They'd kill, like, kill, do what would kill a normal person, like, four or five times to finally kill Quaritch. They'd drop a helicopter on him and, like, blow him up a couple times yeah. and then shoot him with two spear-sized arrows before he finally collapsed and died. Like, <laughs> he was impossible to kill. Yeah. <laughs> and then this one, like, his relationship with Spider adds so much depth to who I, he is. I think he could have gone the more... Like, as evil as the other Quaritch was if it wasn't for Spider. Oh, we see that. Like, yeah. when, when, I, when I was talking about the him, like, interrogating the other Metkayina tribes, mm-hmm. he's, like, he's threatening to kill the Tsahik of one of their villages. Yeah, and he probably would have, but... Uh, Spider got him to stop, at yeah. least enough to where he's like, all right, we're not going to 
kill go them. away. We're not gonna kill them, but like they killed one of the the fish things. I, f- I don't know what they're called. Yeah, I oh, should. Come on, Dan. I know. <laughs> I, I'm calling myself out. Like I should know what they're all called. But um, and they burned their home. And then they but... burned down all their yeah. all their houses. So like it's it's not without you know tragedy, but yeah. like at least nobody died. That's actually yeah. one scene that really gets me is when um, Tanawari comes up. And it's raining, and then Jake and Natira just sitting in their their little hut, and he walks past, and he's got that look on his face. And Jake comes out, he's like, "What's going on?" And Tanawari says, "Well, the the sky people came. They're looking for you." Mm-hmm. And Jake just like closes his eyes and braces, and he's like, "Did anyone get killed?" And he and then Tanawari's like, "Thankfully, not yet." Yeah, but. Like, that's such a, like, depressing thing to think about that he just, his immediate thought is, like, how many people did they kill? Yeah. Because in the first one, you see Court doesn't care. He uh, took down that tree full of... Yeah, he got, was excited about yeah. it, too. Yep. And so seeing just the difference in this, and, like, at the very end, he's pleading for Spider to come with him. He yeah. said, and he called him son. He was like, son, come with me. Yeah, and even when Spider, uh, you know, did did his little Navi growl, which I think I have a little issue when Spider does Navi things. It just looks a little weird to me. But like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but that that's just a small little detail that is is my thing. But um, when he leaves, he, he yells Spider. Uh, before this, he kept calling him uh, Miles. Miles. Yeah. And so, in fact, I think Quarch's first name is Miles. Yeah, it's Miles. He's Quarch. named after his father, which makes sense why he wouldn't use that name anymore. Yeah, and so uh, you can see that he cares for this kid, and it's going to be interesting to see where Quarch pops up in the third one, how he factors in all that stuff, like with the fire Navi. Yeah, the Ash people. <laughs> but yeah, I really enjoy all the parallels of the first movie that this one has. That like you get a lot of this stuff, like. Them learning things, but in the water, you know, like that that shot of Jake trying to learn to ride the like dragonfly yeah. fish thing. I I, I don't know what that's I'm called. I'm sure it, they have names. They I know they have names, <laughs> but I don't remember what they are. And uh, like and then like that the very beginning with Quartz doing the we're not in Kansas anymore. You know, like, like he's so blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you get that parallel from the first one when he did the same thing. Yeah, except not the why so blue. <laughs> but yeah, him making jokes like yeah. I I I remember we saw him and him and Wayne Fleet. They're kind of like the two main recoms. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw them in the trailer, and when I when I first saw that, I was like, huh? <laughs> and people were like, oh, that's Quaritch. And I was like, I don't see yeah, it. I don't see it. It doesn't yeah. look like him. Even the first like. Shot of Quaritch in this movie, I was like, it doesn't yeah, look that it much. It looks like... different, and and I think it like after it gets going mm-hmm. with seeing his mannerisms, like you can tell. Yeah, like when he gets angry, bares yeah, his teeth, like, and that's, stuff. Like that's Quaritch. That like you can see the Scott Langisms. Yeah, in there, it's it, you could tell it's him, but like he looks different. And I think one of the bigger things is that. Uh, I don't know how old Scott Lang is, but like I think he's in his sixties. Yeah, Quaritch is probably in like his fifties or sixties. I mean, mm-hmm. guess he would, but he would have been in his fifties in the first one. Yeah, but uh, I think that this the body of you know Avatar Quaritch is closer to being like in his thirties. Yeah, I would guess, and so it's like you have to factor in the fact that not only is it a Navi version of him, but it is a younger Navi version of him. Mm-hmm. So. 
But yeah, it, once he gets going, you can tell it's the same guy. And yeah. and especially like once things really get going, like after they're really trying to flush Jake out and like push, trying to really get him out of there. And when they decide to go kill the the Tulkun, like you you get some of that classic Quaritch, like how scary he is and how yep. unhinged he could be. I'll be nice once, yeah, and I won't. Yep, <laughs> yep, that's a classic like. Uh, Scary bad guy line. <laughs> yeah. And especially Quaritch. Like, I mean, we talked about in the first one how that scene where he goes out there without a mask and he's just holding his breath, just bang, 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 bang. Uh, that always gets me. I'm like, dude, this dude's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, but uh, I, I just think it was done in a really interesting way and really interesting to see. Like, they hammered home quite a few times. You are not Quaritch. Yeah. That is not your son. He's that a- is not... I think it's fascinating yeah. how how similar he is, but at the same time how different he is. Mm-hmm. Because like it's it's almost like all right, play the same character but just a little bit different in like these key ways, and and it's like it's it's honestly really impressive to me that like they are two distinct people, even though he's like still portraying the same guy yeah. both times. Mm-hmm. It, it, it adds. To that, uh, it doesn't feel like just, uh, oh, we're just going to bring him back. Like, it doesn't feel like yeah. a cop-out. You know, it doesn't, like, I can see why it might to some people, but, mm-hmm. like, it felt interesting enough to where I'm, like, I, I'm excited to see where this leads. And I'm excited to, I, I, I'm just excited to see where the story goes from here because, like, you get all this stuff about, like, they are, Met, uh, what, what is it? The water the, people? The Metcaina. Yeah, they are Metcaina now. You know, like, he's like, you are Metcaina. And they are officially welcome there. I'm like, are they going to go back to their forest area? You I know, suppose like, we'll have to see. Yeah. Like, there, there's so many things. Like I said, I feel like this movie stands on its own pretty well. But there's so many things that, like, I'm like, what? How's it going to happen? In the I next mean, movie, they're going to go to the nation that's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> the fire nation. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, to be fair, and then the, the fourth movie, they're gonna go to the Earth Kingdom. <laughs> to be fair, the reason why Avatar: The Last Airbender is called Avatar: The Last Airbender is because James Cameron had already, since like 1995 or something like yeah. that, had patented Avatar. Yeah, he copyrighted the name. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, not patented. Uh, yeah, copyrighted. He copyrighted the name, and so when they were trying to make Avatar, they were originally just gonna call it Avatar. But they had to add the last Airbender uh, uh, suffix to it. Yeah, and uh, and and so and he's had a lot of the story already written and stuff. So who knows? Don't like, you mean Avatar? Oh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm getting distracted. <laughs> Where did you even come up with that? That's awful. It's like I, it's, it's almost like a word that couldn't exist. Yeah, it couldn't <laughs> possibly exist. Ong. Yeah. What was that? What? <laughs> But anyway, yeah, it's just there's so many ideas in this world and like just hearing James Cameron talk about features of the sequels, he hasn't uh, mentioned a lot, but like he says that it's the next one's going to have like a time jump. Uh, they talked about that in like the fifth one, they might go to Earth and like I'm like, that's it's going to be crazy to see where they go. Yeah, that, all, all I'm going to say is I've heard a lot of things and like before the movie came out I had heard a lot of things about yeah. like what's going to happen in this movie and like yeah. is it going to be crazy and weird and I was like you know James Cameron knows what he's doing yeah he's known what he's doing for a while 
And I like also watched like a bunch of these videos talking about just the Avatar universe that he's put together, and he has like manuscripts, mm-hmm. like like fifteen hundred pages of manuscripts or something like that of ideas and like stuff laid out for this universe. And so it's like he didn't just start planning this in two thousand nine. Yeah, he started planning this like a long time ago. Mm-hmm. It just took a long time for him to have the technology to make it the yeah. way he wanted it to be. That's why the second one took 14 years. He wanted it to be just right, yeah. They kept working on it, and they're like, nah, this new thing came out. And then they're like, all right, let's start working on it again. Nah, this new thing came out. we got to learn that now. Like, Or, or mm-hmm. this new thing's about to come out. It's in development. We, we need that. Yeah. And then finally they're like, all right, we're good enough. We got all the technology we need. Let's just make it. And then they made photorealistic water. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh gosh, we we haven't talked too much about how beautiful this is. Yeah, like like you think the first one looks good, like damn, this movie is gorgeous. <laughs> I I I will say this, and this is you if you want to, you know, like call me on it, go back and listen to our our episode on the first movie. Yeah, I called that movie like beautiful, like it still looks photorealistic. Yeah, compared to Avatar two, it does not. Yeah, it's like a PS2 video game. It's like not even game. close, <laughs> and it's it's insane. Yeah, because it looks like the first movie still looks so good, but the second one looks so much better. Well, just I was talking to you when we first started this. That first shot of Natiri where you see her lips like cracked and yeah, stuff, like the like, detail in her eyes, yeah, and just like the skin, Jake's and the hair. hair. Yeah, well, and like Jake's hair specifically. And you were telling me that. Uh, one of the differences, yeah. one of the technology improvements in those 14 years is that uh, in the first movie, they still rendered hair the way they do in almost all movies nowadays. Is it's, There's clumps, like chunks of hair are all rendered together, and then mm-hmm. like it adds the extra hairs around it, but it's still like one piece. Yeah. Um, in Avatar 2, every single hair is rendered individually. Jeez. And so they all, like, when they're blowing in the wind, every single one of those hairs is all being interacted with with the wind simulation. And, like, they all interact with each other. And it's just, it's insane. Yeah. They motion capture water. (laughs) (laughs) They had reflective balls in the water while they were filming so that they could have it be correct when it comes out in the final shot. Like... What? <laughs> well, even stuff like with their actors, like this isn't necessarily something with uh, the uh, effects, but Kate Winslet, who played Ronal, uh, beat Tom Cruise's underwater breathing, uh, underwater breath record where she held her breath. The the longest underwater breath hold for a movie. Yeah, for a movie. Yeah. Not the underwater breath record ever. Yeah, because Tom Cruise had it, it, like six minutes and she did like seven no, his minutes. Was it was like five and a half. No, it was six. It was six. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Hers was like seven, seven minutes and fourteen seconds or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Yeah, like we we all think we can only hold our breaths for like a second or like a minute or so, yeah. and then we'll die. And so like when I when I was first watching the movie and like when I think it was when Loak gets uh, attacked by the giant shark thing. Yeah, and he starts um, and he's yeah. underwater for like three minutes straight or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bro, how is how is he still breathe? Like, how is he not dead yet? Yeah. And then later, like, as I sort of looked into more of the behind the scenes of the movie, I was like, no, people can hold their breath for a really long time. Well, and especially they were being taught by uh, the, the Water Clan that, like... Yeah, these people would do this every day. Yeah. It seems they like they, really can, good at they can hold their breath for, like, 
up towards 10 minutes for, uh, you know, like it yeah, seems possibly. like. Yeah. Like, also, we don't know how different they are, like, biologically from humans, so maybe yeah. they can hold their breath for, like, 15 minutes. They definitely got bigger lungs. Yeah. <laughs> like, isn't the actual underwater breath record, like, 24, 24 minutes yeah, or something like that? I, I looked it ridiculous. up earlier. Ridiculous. Yeah. That is so long. Mm-hmm. But, like, that that guy just had to be, like, sitting on the, on the bottom just, like, barely, like, barely moving his heart. Like, he's not doing anything. Yeah. Just completely calm and, and <laughs> tranquil. Yeah. That's gotta be insane. Like, yeah. that's... Well, that's one thing I thought about Loak getting chased by the creature is... He was moving and freaking out, and you know, like, and so he had to hold. He's expending his... a lot of energy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And so that was, and he's also really stressed out because he's yeah. being attacked by a giant, like a whale, blue whale-sized, carnivorous, sh- like shark fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that thing gets totally styled on by Piacon because those things are like the tulkun are so big. There's always a bigger fish. Yeah, you were waiting for it. You were waiting for it. <laughs> yeah, the t- and the Tukun are cool. Like they're like I saw an interview with James Cameron where he's like, they're not whales. He's like, they're not whales. <laughs> like they're not. Like, yeah, well, come on, they're whales. We know. <laughs> they got the flippers. They got the big old head. They eat. They eat the little fish. Like they're whales. As beautiful of a shot as it is, he even has the free willy shot where it's in the sunset yeah. and he jumps up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, come on, they're freaking whales. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that technically they're not whales because they're from another planet. Yeah, but they're, they're effectively spa- they're space whales. whales. <laughs> Just like the the uh, the Thanator, I forget the Navi name for it. Yeah. But in the first movie, just like that thing is a panther. Yeah. This thing is a whale. <laughs> in the same way, is the, I know. Is Thanator not the Navi name for it? No, that's the oh. that's the the human name for it. Hmm. Kind of like banshees and Ikran. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, it's just banshees is just seems much more you know like they're like ah oh, we just took something from human history and Taruk and the great Leonopteryx is what the humans ah uh, the it. great Leonopteryx why did they just get lazy with the banshee they were like banshees I guess <laughs> I mean it's probably more of like a slang name yeah but the great Leonopteryx like that thing is freaking huge man yeah. <laughs> not and, as big as the Tulkun though yeah no those are giant that, that is something that it's it's more evident in this movie because you have spider a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But the size difference, the scale difference between the Navi and humans is crazy. They're like, they're literally like 10 to 12 feet tall. They're twice the size of a human. Yeah. And so everything that they interact with is similarly twice the size of a human. Mm -hmm. It's like the human scale object. So like an arrow is literally like a spear. (laughs) And this whale sized thing for a Navi is like four times the size of a blue whale in the real world, like, yeah. they're so huge. Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> they, when they're going into its mouth to harvest the amarita, amarita that's what it's called. Yeah. There it is. You got it. I just had to be flowing. <laughs> and it just, whoop, there you go. When I try to think about it, my brain freaks out. And it's like, I don't know how to do this, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but when they're going in to harvest the amarita, like, like its mouth is bigger than the room we're in. Mm-hmm. Much bigger. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, and I really enjoyed Loak's relationship. I know we got to start wrapping up, but... uh, Yeah, we got like another two hours to go. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I really enjoyed that relationship. Like I mentioned earlier, they're both outcasts, both uh, uh, kind of loners. Mm -hmm. And it really... It was really nice seeing that Loak was able to open up and kind of figure out who he was through... um, I'm forgetting his name again. 
the the oh Pyacon? yeah Pyacon. I thought you were gonna talk about his his uh, not girlfriend yet. Oh well, yeah, that too. Uh, uh, Sireya. Sireya. Yeah. I, I, she, that's the one name that I can never remember. Because she was like, besides Pycon, she was like the only other person that like saw him for who he was. Yeah, she was like the sort of analog for Natiri, except yeah. Natiri was more of like a tough love kind of person. Yeah, and she's much more like accepting of him. Like, yeah, from the very beginning, like. She's excited that they're all there, not not like her brothers who are like, oh, who are these dorks? Yeah. Like, they don't even have normal legs or fins or, like, whatever. Yeah. What's wrong with them? So, <laughs> but yeah, she's she's just, like, nice mm-hmm. the whole time. And I'm sure she'll have a bigger role in the next film. Yeah, absolutely. And Loak will, too. Yeah. Because, unfortunately, like, like we said, uh, Nateom is, is dead. Yeah. And Loak is definitely being set up to be, like, the next main character. Well, and that's what James Cameron even said. He said that it's going to be different because Jake is... This is kind of a passing the torch type of thing. Is Jake, mm-hmm. uh, I I want to say that I read an interview. I, I don't know if I'm just thinking that I, this is what said. I know that he said that Loak is going to narrate the mm-hmm. third movie. But I think it, it, I read somewhere... I might be completely wrong and it might just be what uh, like, I'm manifesting. But I think I read that uh, James Cameron said it's going to start as like... Jake, and then it's going to like go to Loak at a certain point. I wouldn't be surprised because yeah. we know there's going to be a time skip. Mm-hmm. That's actually they when they filmed this movie, they filmed part of the next one, the mm-hmm. third one, because they wanted to make sure that, especially with how the technology went with the first between the first yeah. and the second one, they didn't want that to happen again and have all of the kids who are. It's important that their kids grow up, <laughs> yeah. especially like Took, mm-hmm. who is like six or seven in in this movie, mm-hmm. like. The actor playing her probably in even just a year or two will be very different than, than yeah. how she looks now. That, so. That's what they had a problem with with the Harry Potter movies is they were like, we got to yeah. fast track these things because these kids are growing yeah. up. And even like like it, chapter oh, yeah. one and chapter two, mm-hmm. the kids grow up like it's like two years later that it was made. So. Yeah, they had a flashback to the kids and they had to kind of like de-age them. It's, it's interesting because it's like de-aging kids. Well, yeah. That's weird. <laughs> but yeah, kids grow up fast. They man. do. And, so, you know, I'm just, I'm really excited to see what the future of this is because, like, it's kind of crazy. There is so much more we could talk about about this. Oh, yeah. Like I'm saying, like, legitimately, I think I could sit here for another hour or two yeah. just talking about this and still have enough content to, like, make it an interesting episode. Yeah. For, for listening and also for our own schedules, we can't do that as yeah. much as I might want to someday. <laughs> like... It's just one of those things we, uh, maybe down the road we'll revisit it in a, you know, maybe, like, yeah. yeah. That could be fun. Like a super extended mega cut of a, a movie we've already done that we yeah. really want to talk about more. Yeah. It could be interesting. Or like if we ever do the Lord of the Rings. Oh, gosh. There is no way, there's no way we could do any of the Lord of the Rings movies in an hour and a half. <laughs> At least two hours. Maybe yeah. more, like yeah. probably closer to three. Yeah. Those movies are so just full of yeah. everything. Like that's how, kind of how I feel right now. It's like I want to talk about more stuff. But, like yeah. like how I was mentioning the the eclipse. Uh, they didn't really talk about it in the first movie, but again, like what happens really in the necessary. middle of the day? Yeah, I think it might happen in the middle of the day because yeah. moons are often tidally locked to the the you know the thing they orbit. And so Pandora orbits a gas giant, and so it would make sense if it was tidally locked to that gas giant, which means that noon for them would be when the gas giant is in the way of the sun. Yeah. And so the middle of the day is 
when Eclipse happens. And so Eclipse and Nighttime being two different things is kind of fascinating to yeah. me. Yeah, and, and yeah, and there's so many more things I would want to talk about too, about like that final battle and stuff. But it's like, yeah, we might just have to have a special down the road where we talk about it again. And maybe <laughs> uh, like one, I just thought about it. I was like, our next like sequel that we're probably going to talk about, uh, I would think, is uh, is Dune Two. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That comes that's out coming out this year. Yeah, that comes out this year, and we still haven't seen anything about that yet. I know. Yeah. I'm hoping we get except for Christopher Walken as the Emperor. But. Yeah. I, but like, usually the trailers come out like six months. I mean, for a big movie. Yeah. Like six months in advance. We'll probably see something soon. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's April. <laughs> like I was telling Allie, that, sorry, this is a complete tangent from the movie, but like. We had a freaking blizzard yesterday. Oh, yeah. Like, probably close to being the worst blizzard we've had so far. And it's April, man. I know. What the it heck is going it on? It does not feel like it. But, yeah. Oh, man. Like, yeah, I'm just... We're, we're probably got to wrap up, but... yeah. Don't don't be surprised if in the future we have more Avatar stuff. I'm sure we'll find somewhere to wrap it into another episode at <laughs> yeah. some point. Just if you haven't seen like if, if you haven't seen the first one, I, I, I don't know why you're listening to this one, but yeah. <laughs> um, but go see them because like it's just a spectacle. It's really one of those things that like like yeah, we said that going and seeing it in theaters if you can at first is amazing, but even just watching it here at home, it's just mind blowing to watch. Yeah, and even if it's something where you're like that wasn't necessarily something I would watch again because it's not my type of movie, I feel like. Anyone can find something to appreciate in this film. Yeah, it's it, it's not it's not trying to ask you to do anything crazy when you're watching it. Yeah, it's not telling a very complicated story, just like the first one. Mm-hmm. Neither of them are telling any complicated story. It's just you know like be more mindful of the environment that yeah. sustains and keeps all of us alive. Well, and like this one is a lot more like you said family oriented, where it's like kind yeah. of see look more at what protect your family yeah. and realize that you know running away doesn't necessarily solve your problems yeah so like it's not telling a difficult story it, it, but it's it's just like like you're saying it's a spectacle it is an experience to watch this movie mm-hmm. especially in theaters like i don't think it's yeah. in theaters anymore no unfortunately but, but knowing like, james cameron he'll probably re-release at some it. point <laughs> like before the third one comes out in yeah. two years or whenever probably that happens a I double know. feature that's like six hours long <laughs> I would do it though. <laughs> I, you know I would. <laughs> oh, but yeah, man. don't and don't just write off this movie because it's just Pocahontas in space too. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it is, but like, it's Disney's cool. Pocahontas was a pretty good movie, and I'm gonna say it. It's cool. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, like, like I was saying, you just gotta kind of at some point, you just gotta kind of let yourself surrender to it. Mm-hmm. When they're swimming around in the water and the, like all those fish. Like, that's something I didn't even mention yet. But, like, in the first movie, we had, like, six or seven different types of animals that we see in the entire movie. And now seeing all these different... It Just yeah. in that one scene, there's, like, 20 different species of fish. Mm-hmm. And, like, anemones and, like... Anemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemonemon
Uh, well, no, not Anchor. Not I, Anchor. I, I'm just so used to saying it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's Apple, been a while Spotify, since they've yeah. done that. But yeah. Google Podcasts. Um, you can find us on Facebook. Down's going through Check our old out. episodes, which is fun. Um, yeah, and just let us know how you, how you feel. Let, let us know your favorite movies. If you want to cover anything, you know, if you want us to cover anything, if you are know us uh, are near us and they're like hey i want to be on an episode all right let us know <laughs> yeah uh, and, and maybe even if you don't necessarily know us there yeah. might be a way who knows right like, <laughs> like if you just like our podcast enough like i saw one thing that was interesting on uh the spotify for podcasts that i see it can tell you uh like how many people from what country is listening like mm-hmm. we got like 97 percent is from america but two percent can you guess? Germany. Croatia. Oh. So for those of you in Croatia, thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. There it is. <laughs> I can't do it as well as you can. But yeah, we're, we're just always very thankful for everyone who listens. So yes. And always remember to watch what you love and to love what you watch. <laughs> <laughs>